Hello, everyone. You are with Sarah with the Change With Him Real Raw Redeemed podcast. And today's topic is about I am. I am that person. (laughs) I am that person I never wanted to be. And it's the best thing that could have ever happened to me. It's funny. I was just making my eggs and my shake this morning after finishing yoga. And as I'm cooking, I'm like, huh, I am that, that thing, that person, that one I never wanted to be. I am the person that I despised and I'm the happiest that I could ever be. And it's, isn't it interesting? The things that we don't want to become, we, we become. The things that we're the most afraid of becoming, we are. And what do I mean by that? Well, I never wanted to become like my mom. I never wanted to become what my perception was a sad, lowly, uh, backboneless, jellyfish type of person who just never spoke up for herself, let people walk all over her, use her, abuse her, just took it. I never wanted to be a take it kind of person. And that's exactly what I became. I became a take it kind of person. I became a very selfish, very vengeful, very spiteful person. Um, And I I became like her in, in many ways. And we become what's modeled for us. And the beauty is, on the flip side, my mother grew up going to church. It was a very, very steadfast, very loyal, very faithful, deep, deep believer, very quiet. I never wanted to be quiet about it, hence this podcast and the work that I do now. But we take the good and, and we we change the rest. We can take the good and change the rest. But I never wanted to become one of those people, one of those people that I used to make fun of, like one of those Jesus freaks, Jesus loving Bible thumper people. I'm like, that sounds horrible. Bible thumper. Like, what does that even mean? The Bible is that even real. That's like an old, ancient, old, outdated book. <laughs> and now I laugh because I know the Bible is alive and well, and it is living. It is God breathed. God breathed his life into every single word. Some of the words I'm like, I'm just going to skip over those, but especially the ones in the beginning of the old Testament. I'm like, I, I don't know. God, you lost me at that. I'm, but I have read all of them. I have read a covered cover and I highly encourage everyone to do so. It will change your life. But talking about the Jesus freaks, like these people that were high on life, like the freaks. So you think about it when you're growing up and you see these freaks and at school, you remember the freaks, right? Like the, the weirdos, like the ones that dressed in all black and black makeup, black nails, like anyone who wasn't like you when you're growing up was a weirdo, was a freak, was someone that you didn't want to be associated with or connected with. And there were these weird church kids that like, they're weird. They dress weird. They're homely looking. They're boring. Like I wanted a little spice and flavor in my life. And I certainly got it growing up making the choices that I did because I never wanted to be one of those people. And now I am. Uh, and and it's funny because we become what we don't want to be. <laughs> I never wanted to be in a narcissistic relationship. I never wanted to be a codependent little, uh, not be able to stand up or stick up for myself or feel safe to, to speak my truth and my heart and, and to share it. But we all are human beings. We're all perfectly imperfect. We're all created in the image of God. Isn't that wild? If you think about that, you were created in the image of God. I was created in the image of God. Like what? 
what does God even look like? <laughs> what? We we try to, to find logical, rational answers to the questions that are not logical and not, not rational. Uh, but I never wanted to be one of those people, and now I am. Like, literally every song I listen to is a worship song in yoga this morning. I started singing out loud. I'm one of those people. I was laughing at myself. I'm like, I'm one of those people. I'm singing out loud in a yoga class at the very end. Of course, during Savasana, like the most inappropriate time to sing out loud because the teacher, and I've had this vision, I've had this dream of having a Christian or a faith-based flow with faith or whatever it's going to be called. I'm not sure, but flow with faith, maybe because I love Vinyasa flow and I love faith music. And I was like, whoa, what if you bring together your greatest loves? And my greatest love and passion is Jesus, is God, and yoga. I was like, just flow with the bro. I don't know what it would be called, right? The bro, the big man upstairs. <laughs> and she played a faith-based song at the end. And of course, it didn't use the word Jesus. It used the word spirit. And I think a lot of people get caught up on words and labels and what does it mean? And we look at it literally and we look at it logically. And then we try to dissect it through the own lens of our human-based, very wounded, wounded from other humans perspective, right? People have hurt us. And so we're living through a lens of hurt. We're living through a perspective of pain, of unprocessed, unhealed pain, trauma, shame, guilt. Hello, Jesus died on the cross to take that away for all of us. Like, why are we not living for that? Why are we not like, duh, living in a duh life? So anyways, she played the song and the words were, spirit lead me where my trust is without borders where I, I think it says, walk across the water where, and I go wherever you will call me. And then another song came into mind from church that says, I will go where you send me to the broken and the weary, to the hopeless and forgotten till all will know your name. And so I sing these songs in my head and, and anyone can say something at any time. And it's like a song pops into my mind. I just love it. I love, love, love it. And I become immersed in it. And so I laughed at myself because I'm singing this song Spirit lead me where my trust is without borders. And I'm lying in Sebastian. I'm twisting. I'm like, what is she saying? I can't hear. I'm singing to myself. Um, I'm smiling and I've got my eyes closed and I'm like in the zone. I'm like, you go, God. And I felt this wild, like this gush of wind. We're in an indoor class. I'm like, did she just open the door and like wind came in? But I always feel the presence of the Holy Spirit when I experience wind. And it's funny to me because I think when people say, I don't believe in Jesus, I'll believe it when I see it, right? Where You've never seen God. Okay. Have you ever seen gravity? No. You believe in it. Yeah. Have you ever seen the wind? No. You have felt it. You have heard it. You have seen the wind move other things that you can see, like the leaves on the tree. But have you ever actually seen the wind? No. Right. But you believe in it. Yeah. Because I can see it. No, you can't. You can see the things that it is moving. And so when people say stupid crap, like, I'll believe it when I see it. I'm not going to believe God until I believe, till I see God. You see God. You see God every morning in the rising of the sun. You see God every evening in the setting of the clouds. You see God when you look up at the sky after a storm and you see a rainbow. 
my daughter and I have a beautiful little uh, place up north. When I say that's just like a little, little 400 square foot place that we like to go and spend time in to get away. And every time we're up there, we know we see God because there's a mirror, like a sliding glass mirror in the back bedroom. And when the sun comes through the window and it hits the mirror, the mirror reflects. Duh, we all know this. The mirror reflects and it shines light on the ground. And it doesn't just shine light on the ground. It shines a light of all the colors. It makes a rainbow in that room around that spot every time. It's wonderful because every time it's in a different spot and we're like, where's Jesus? <laughs> like, And then he shows up and we're like, look, a rainbow. And if you've ever read the Bible, I don't know what part it is because I've only read it one time, uh, but it does talk about the presence of God. I think it's after Noah's Ark and it, like God was pissed at humans because we're pretty fucked up. Like we do some messed up stuff. If you question that at all, just look around in today's world. And he wanted to destroy us. Like he, he destroyed, <laughs> or like he destroyed his creation. It's almost like when you're a little kid and you've like, you're drawing something and you get really upset. Like my daughter does this all the time. I hate this. And then she'll like rip up and tear up and crumple up the paper because she doesn't like what she created. She's mad at it. It, it wasn't the outcome that she, as the creator of that drawing or painting or whatever it was, desired she didn't like it she did not like the way it turned out god had a moment with us like that and so he sent noah he was like i'm gonna destroy all of you because y'all suck like you majorly suck maybe that was something i shouldn't have done maybe god was experiencing a little bit of resentment and regret and guilt and frustration and anger all of the same feelings and emotions that we experience and Noah was like, dude, bro, come on, come on, God, we're not that bad, are we? And he was like, yeah, y'all are that bad. Like, you really are. You suck. And like my daughter, ah, like wanted to rip up and destroy the paper. And so he did. He did. He did. He did. If you've never heard of Noah's Ark, that's what the story is about. And basically, Noah was like, bro, don't do this. Come on, man. Like talking, talking got off the ledge. <laughs> he was like, God, I am one of your creations. Please don't do this. Like begging. Noah's begging and pleading. God, please don't do this. And God's like, <sighs> fine, fine. I'm not listening. So he did it anyway, but he did save. He was like, cool, I'm going to reset, restart. It's kind of like when you talk your child into like, don't destroy it. It's okay. Like you can make another one. I know you don't like that one, but you can make another one. It's beautiful. I love what you created. And they're like, no, I don't love what I created. See, this is stupid. This messed up. I don't like the way that this is like that. And you're like, okay. Like, and you can't talk them out of wanting to not destroy that one, but you can hold space for them so that they can just breathe and say, you know what, I'm still going to destroy this, but not all of it. I'm, I'm gonna, okay, let's compromise. Cool. Capiche. Let's compromise. And they're like, okay, let's compromise. So then they make another one and they don't fully completely destroy it. That's basically what happened with us and the big man upstairs. And after that, he did the whole arc thing. He did the whole flood thing. And then there was a rainbow and the rainbow represented the covenant that he had between him and us, you and I, he will never destroy us ever, ever again like that. 
like the way he did. It was pretty bad. If you want to read about it, I, I suggest going and reading about Noah's Ark. And that's kind of the way it was. And I laugh because I'm like, I used to be one of those people. <laughs> like, if we ever wonder if God has feelings and God has emotions and God has a temper, the answer is yes. We were created in his image. He feels what we feel. When we feel sad, when we feel heartbroken, when we feel angry, when we feel upset, when we feel that injustice was done, uh, he feels all the same things. And he's like, yeah, I agree with you. And oftentimes we have a question and we wonder, why does he let bad things happen to me? If he's so awesome, if he's so mighty, if he's so powerful, if he's so great, if he loves me so much, he is, he is, he is, he is, and he does. And we need to realize that. And, and when we realize that, we, we realize how much we matter, how important we are, and how much we belong to him. There's the key. There's the caveat. We are important. We matter. We belong to him. And I used to reject that. I used to be like, hell no, nobody owns me. Like, especially coming out of a narcissistic relationship, I was like, no, nobody owns me. I'm not ownable. I'm not property. Because you hear about that when you're learning about narcissistic abuse is that they see their victims, uh, which I was, I don't even like that word. I actually hate that word. Uh, you, they see the people in their lives as theirs, as their property. They, they have this perception and this relationship with, and this experience with this, that they own them. It's an ownership. And so coming out of emotionally abusive and neglectful relationships, narcissistic relationships, I did not, I, I repulsed and I rejected being owned. Whew. Fast forward. When I got baptized and I came up out of that water, I felt, oh, here we go. We're going to cry. I felt the power of God owning me. And then suddenly felt like I wasn't so alone. And then I had a place and I had a purpose and I had a, a place in his home, in a home that he owned, this earth that we live on, this home that he owns. I mean, he owns all of it. He owns however many billions of galaxies and planets and stars there are, but we don't know. We don't have, we don't have a physical experience with those. We can't see those unless we're staring at telescopes all day. But we have a place in his home and I felt his arms wrapped around me and, and like just a, a hug from a loving parent. Like if you've ever been a little kid and you were so sad and you didn't need your parents to say anything or ask you questions or deep dive into your feelings, you just got a hug. And it was the most warm, comforting, soul soothing hug and you just felt like you could drop into it and stay there forever that's how i felt when i gave my life to jesus when i publicly declared it through my baptism i felt that presence and i've never ever felt so much love so much peace so much ease so much joy so much freedom so much happiness so much contentment and i feel like that's the missing piece in so many people's lives and obviously Part of the reason for this podcast is to just share my story with you, my story, my insight, my awareness, my testimony, and hopefully have it land in a place within you where the Holy Spirit is like, you're like a little coconut. I'm going to crack it open and see the yummy, juicy goodness inside, like an egg, like this hard shell. And you're like, no, you don't eat the shell of an egg. I'm probably using that metaphor because I just had eggs for breakfast. Uh, I don't eat the shell. You don't eat the shell. We use the shell for compost. It has a place and it has a purpose, but not in my mouth and not in my belly. Okay. We need to be cracked open and enjoy 
the yummy goodness, goodness, I told you guys I make up words, of what's on the inside. And he wants to get into those places within us, into our heart, into our hurts, into our pains. And he wants to create change, allow change, and allow you to experience that change with him, in him, through him. Like he wants to be a part of it all. And we're the ones that build up blocks because we've been hurt by other humans. Like we've been hurt by other creatures that he created. And then we project that pain onto him. And he's like, what? (laughs) I didn't do anything to you. Why are you so mad at me? I didn't do anything to you. I experienced that with my daughter, pick her up from school and like whoever was mad at her, mean to her. And I drop her off at school and she's beautiful and happy and lovely. And then I pick her up from school. Suddenly she's in like this sassy little attitude. And I'm like, whoa, girl, I love you. I miss you. I haven't seen you all day. I want to know about your day. I want to, I want to hear it all. I want to know what I want. You want me to tell it all to me. I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you. Let me just give you squishes and kisses and hug you. And oh, I missed you. And she's like, sassy, attitude, rude, mean. And I'm like, whoa. I didn't do anything to you. What is this all about? And when it finally comes out, she tells me someone was mean to her. Someone was bullying her. Someone didn't let her play with them. I'm like, oh, you're mad at them and you're taking it out on me. Y'all, why am I saying y'all today? My parents are from North Carolina. I was not raised there, but (laughs) my inner parents comes out sometimes, I guess. That's what we do to Jesus. That's what we do to God. We take it out on him. Our pain from an experience and a relationship and engagement and interaction with someone else, we take it out on him. We're mad at him. And he's like, sweetie, honey, I love you. Hey, bro, whatever you like to be called, I love you. All I want to do is listen to you hold you, hug you, kiss you, squeeze you. I just want to be with you. I just want to love you. And it'd be pretty cool if you love me back too, because I would feel pretty good. But we don't. (laughs) It's the same thing. And yeah, now I'm one of those people that I used to hate or make fun of, (laughs) like not want to be like, I'm like those Bible people. They're weird. Those Jesus freaks. They're freaks. They're like freak shows. They're weirdos. I don't want to be like them. I want to be like the cool kids. I want to fit in. I want to belong and I'll do whatever. Guess what? Trying to fit in, doing whatever to fit in with anyone else is only going to make you feel lost. The only person we really need to be worried about fitting in with, belonging with, connecting with, being with is our savior is our creator is our lord is jesus is our god with the bod is not the universe because hello that's the creation the one who created the creation is jesus christ that was god in human form if you weren't aware and that's okay because i was not aware for a long time i'm like that's that shit does not make sense. Wait, three and one and one and three. God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. How can the Father be the Son and how can the Son be the Father? And it's incredible because we try to understand it with our human logical minds and our natural minds. Uh, Brother's supernatural. Like he's the one that makes a way when we can't see a way. When we're like, huh, there's no way. That is not going to happen. He's the one that's like, watch this. (laughs) 
<laughs> and if you've got faith even the size of a mustard seed, if you don't know how big that is, it's not very big at all. It's super tiny. If you've even got a little tiny bit of faith, you can and will, and you should get ready to, see some miracles happen in your life because he is the way maker. See, there's another song that popped in my head. Waymaker, miracle, wait, wait, what is it? Waymaker, miracle worker. I have to sing it. Promise keeper, light in the darkness. My God, that is who you are. My daughter and I love singing that together out loud in the car. We crank it up. People drive by us and they look at us and I'm like, sending you blessings, sending you love. God's love, not mine, because mine's a little tainted and jaded too. <laughs> All of ours is, and that's why we need him, because his is untainted. His is unjaded. His is unending. That's why we need it, because everything else that we believe is good in this world and in this life, we have an attachment to a story that it will come to an end. All good things come to an end, right? But I don't know if you listened to that other episode, but it said every new beginning comes from some other beginning's end. God wanted to end the world with Noah. And he was like, yeah, you're the man to do the job. But Noah was like, no, no, come on. You got something really good going here. And he kept it. He changed it up a little bit. And then he sent the rainbow as a sign, as his promise to us. So every time you see a rainbow, every time you see any of the colors in the rainbow, Remember that promise and remember that you were saved. That was a foreshadowing for Jesus Christ. He is our savior. The rainbow was the promise that you will be saved. Every time you see those colors, you are saved. You are loved. I forgive you. Doesn't mean I'm not mad at you. Doesn't mean I, I don't like <laughs> when you do bad things or when you do things that defy me or go against me. It doesn't mean I don't like him. I don't like him. Okay. You can't just go around doing whatever, but you are fully forgiven. You are fully loved. You are fully accepted in his name. And that's a remembrance of the promise. That's a covenant. That's a promise. Like my daughter, pinky promise. And you have to stick your pinkies out and then you both have to kiss. And we do that often. And every time we do that, it reminds me of the pinky promise that God made us and why we need him and why I'm so on fire about being one of those people that I never wanted to be because they're weird, because they're like freaks. <laughs> but are we all not in our own way? So why not be a freak for the one who loves you the most? Why not be on fire and filled with so much love, his love, his peace, his forgiveness? His mercy, his grace. My daughter remembered, and I, oh, I'm so proud of her because I hated this growing up. Memorizing Bible verses. I still don't have a lot of them memorized, but I do have a lot of them underlined, starred, highlighted, hearted in my Bible. Um, dirty Bible, clean mind. Clean Bible, dirty mind. So remember that. Uh, she memorized this verse, and I think because she did, I remembered at least part of it. Colossians 3.13, put up with one another. I was like, ooh, that's, that's some way to start a Bible verse, huh? Like what, put up with people who treat you like crap? No, but the Bible says put up with one another. Mm, I have to go look up what the rest of it says, but something about forgive, forgive others 
just as the Lord has forgiven you. I know there's more to it than that. This is not my specialty, clearly. But it was so beautiful to hear her recite it. She recited it enough times at her church. It was like every time you recite the verse, you memorize it, you get a color and a little arrow. And she got to color in all the arrows. And then she got to turn it in for like a little Peter Piper pizza certificate, seven inch personal pan pizza, a hundred little tokens. We're going there after school today. And she's so excited about it. And it was so incredible to hear her memorize that verse because it helped me. I like, okay. Put up with one another. When people irritate you, because they can and they will, and you know that, the Bible is like, I know. Trust me. Y'all irritate me too. Do you not remember all the horrible things you've done against me to defy me? I don't want to create you. You irritate me. Put up with one another. It's almost like, <laughs> like God, Jesus saying, uh, I put up with you. Yeah. You're also not perfect. So you put up with other people because I put up with you and forgive one another as I have forgiven you. And when we read that, when we dive into God's word and we read scripture, we realize, first of all, we develop an incredible relationship with him and we realize he is experiencing and has experienced the same things as we have. Therefore, we feel like, whoa, you get it. I'm not alone. Like you get it. You get me because you deal with me and you deal with everyone else. I always tell God, I would never want your job. Whoa. You've got the hardest job in the world. We glorify governments. We glorify presidents. And we're like, wow, they have such a hard job. But could you imagine the job of God? Like putting up with everything in this world, everything that everyone does. Like we get irritated with the things that other people do that we don't like, or we don't agree with, or that we have a different perspective or opinion on. Could you imagine being God? Like he's got to do that with almost 8 billion of us. And we can barely do it with one or two of us. Hello, perspective. Nice to meet you. So I am one of those people now. And I invite you to be one of those people too. Because when you are one of those people and you read God's word, whatever you're reading it for, I began reading the Bible because I wanted, I wanted some truth or I wanted to just see what it was all about. I didn't believe it at first and now I'm on fire for it. And I'm one of those people and I love it. Uh, you, you feel like you're not alone. You feel supported. You feel encouraged. You feel confused a lot of times if I'm being honest, but like here, Ephesians 4 29, corrupting talk. We want to talk about corrupting talk. This is in the explanation below. As with the stopping and starting, noted in 28, Christians are to stop evil speech, substituting talk that is good for building up and giving grace. And a lot of us, we use corrupting talk. We talk badly about others. We talk badly about ourselves. We use corrupting talk towards ourselves. And when we're doing that, God's like, don't do that. If you've ever, if you have children and you hear them like saying things to themselves, like, I'm so stupid. I'm never going to get this. What's wrong with me? And you as their loving parent are like, are you kidding me? Oh my gosh, there's nothing wrong with you. Look at you. You're so amazing. You're so beautiful. You're so incredible. You've got this. You can do anything you set your heart, soul, and mind to. And they're like, no, I can't. And they're beating themselves up. And then they're mean to other people. And then they're mean to you. You're like, stop. Oh my gosh, stop it. You start speaking positively over your life. You start using your words to build you up and give grace. Oh, your life is going to change. 
And then of course they're like, no, I'm not. <laughs> We've got to take the word and apply it into our lives. And when we do, we become one of those people and being one of those people, one of those people who has such a beautiful, open, honest, vulnerable relationship with our Lord and Christ Jesus Savior. We we experience change. We can't help but not be one of those people. That's the reason why I'm doing this podcast. I never wanted to be a podcast person, but here I am. And here you are. So I hope you'll take this today. I hope you'll take it for what it's worth, whatever it's worth to you. We're the ones that get to assign the value, right? Someone can say that's worth a million dollars and someone can go, I wouldn't pay a penny for that. So whatever it is to you, hope you take it for what it is for you. And I hope you invite him into your heart, into your life and into your soul. And I know that when you do, you'll be on team Jesus and we'll be one of those people together and your world will be forever changed. I love you guys. I'll see you soon.